hello, 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 and welcome to It's Provocative. So I am your host. My name is Larice, and the topic that we're going to discuss tonight is, are you mad at God? Curse God and die. Now that sounds a little out there, right? That sounds like who's going to, who's going to willingly curse God and die and not think twice about it? Well, there's plenty of people that would curse God and they don't add the die part to it, but they want, they do curse God in their hearts. They curse God with their actions and they just, even though people say that God doesn't exist, they do, they do believe in God to some degree. Because if you don't believe in God, then why would you take the time to say you don't believe in something that doesn't exist? Anyway, that's a whole nother topic for another discussion. So I want to start off by reading um, Job chapter two, verse nine, because we're all familiar with this verse of scripture and it kind of, or it does tie it, tie into the title, which we know that when Job was going through all the trials and tribulations that he was experiencing, his wife got to the point where she advised him to just curse God and die. Now that sounds harsh and I'm not making excuses for her behavior, but to some degree, I think she thought maybe she was looking out for her husband's best interest because she saw him suffering. Now, remember, they lost everything. Like they lost their children. They lost their business. They lost, I mean, his health was failing. So you're talking about financial, you're talking about your children, your family, you're talking about I mean, it just covered a wide variety of areas that Job was being attacked in. And then his wife stood by and saw that her husband was suffering. So uh, that's not an excuse to even tell your husband to curse God and die. But I mean, I don't know. Anyway, we're not going to get into that, like I said. So let me just read Job chapter two, verse nine. It says that his wife said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? curse God and die. And then that, that was chap, that was verse nine. Verse 10 says, but he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Should we indeed accept good from God? And should we not accept adversity? And all this Job did not sin with his lips. Now, the piece that I want to point out is the part where Job speaks about, shall we not accept adversity. So it's amazing to me that a lot of times people who never acknowledge God, they never ever, when things are going well, when they're having good successes and everything is happy in their life, when they're experiencing happiness, they never acknowledge God. They don't even thank God. But then when something goes wrong, when they experience an adversity or they go through a tragedy, then they blame God. So that always baffled me. Why do people do that? Why do people wait until something bad happens? And then when the bad happens, they automatically blame God. So it's as if they believe that God is a, is a, is a sadist or something like he's, 
taking pleasure in their hurt or pain. But that's not who God is. God is not someone who is sitting in heaven with a baseball bat or having looking down on us, wanting something bad to happen to us. That That's not the God that we serve. And most of the time, and not every time, because people can say things and have a relationship with God and say things in the moment because they're experiencing something bad in that moment. And then they come back to their senses and, you know, understand who their father is. But a lot of times people will say that without considering the character of God. And you have to know God's character. Who is God? Who is this, this God that we look up to, that we, we call ourselves his children? For one, I can never even exhaust all of God's characteristics on this podcast. For one, God is holy. He's almighty. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere all the time. He's righteous and he's just. He is transcendent. He's existing. He's outside of our dimensions of time and space. God does not operate out of time. He operates out of eternity. Eternity. Do you understand that? Do you understand that God, that in and of itself, should you we can stop right there because God does not operate on time. He's not confined to 24 hours a day. He operates out of eternity. Okay. I could stay right there forever. Okay. He alone defines love because he is love. He is self-existent. Okay. That's another place we can pat the brakes right there. He is self-existent. He doesn't have beginning of days, nor does he have ending of days. He's not, he's not dependent on any other outside of his power or his authority for his existence. He is self-existing. Let's just stop right there. Let that sink in for a minute. He is self-existent. He is the creator. He is not a created being. He is the creator. Okay. He is compassionate, long-suffering, kind, wise, creative, true, and faithful. This is a few of God's characteristics, not even to mention his names. Okay. He is, he is Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Jireh. I mean, I could go on and on about who God is, but, but I've, so, okay. So that's who he is. And we, the topic again that we're talking about tonight is, are you mad at God? Curse God and die. Now, is anybody really going to curse God and then say they want to die behind it? No, I don't think anybody is willing to do that. They might be willing to curse him, but they're not really, they're not willing to accept the consequences that may come with the curse that they just said out of their mouth and from their heart against God. Because there are consequences for the words that we speak, whether people believe it or not. But I want to take a, take the time to examine what are some of the reasons that people could be mad at a God who has all of these wonderful characteristics that I just named. Okay, let's take a look at that. 
I can talk about, I'm going to start with myself. I can think of times when I was mad at God. And one of the biggest things that the, that I had a struggle with was because I was single for a very long time. And I'm 53 now, and I didn't get married until I was 51. And well, I had another marriage, but that marriage failed, which I should not have never even gotten married the first time I got married totally outside of the will of God. I mean, God sent every warning for me not to get married. And I totally went against what he showed me, what he told me, what he spoke through other people to me, all the signs, all everything, all the alarms that was going off, the, the, the red signals. I mean, everything was going off and I totally went against all of that. And then I didn't do what God told me not to do. And I got mad at God. And that's what most of us do. Most people go against what they know is right and righteous. And then when it doesn't work out, they turn it back on God. Okay. So let me look at a couple other reasons why people may be angry with God. And I can't obviously exhaust every reason, but I want to read a couple of um, reasons why that I've written down. Perhaps something happened to someone in their childhood. And I've heard people say this, you know, something happened to them when they were a child and they were like, I wonder where God is. Where, where was God when this was happening to me? I was a baby and God didn't do anything to help me. Okay. Understandable. And then another reason is they say, it says, um, I wrote down, Maybe you had a desire for marriage and children, and now you're past the childbearing age and no children. You you ha you don't have any children and you don't have a husband. And so, yeah, there's plenty of people that's angry, that's upset with God for that reason. And, okay, maybe you prayed and prayed for a loved one to survive a sickness, and unfortunately, they passed away. And then another reason is you can't ever seem to get a breakthrough in your finances. You've paid your tithes, you've sown seeds, and still you remain in the same place financially. So, I mean, again, I'm not going to be able to exhaust all of the reasons why people will be mad at God, but these are just a few of the reasons why. And I gave you one of my personal reasons why I was even angry with God. I mean, that's one of the reasons, but I can never justify being angry with God. And I, I want to point out that a lot of times when people are angry, quote unquote, with God, it's because they're immature and they don't really know God and you don't have a relationship with him. You know, in the Bible, it says that in all things, give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. Um, okay. And all things give thanks for this is the will of God concerning you. And that's at first Thessalonians five and 18. Now that sounds crazy. You're like in all things and, and everything give thanks. I'm saying it again and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So for you, for me, for us. So God would never leave, lead us astray. He would never have us go through something that he did not already prepare us for. That's number one. Number two, when you look in the book of Psalm and you read in Psalm 51 and four, it talks about 
us not being able to have, we don't have, we don't have any justification for being mad at God. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to read Psalm 51 and four. I'm going to start actually from verse one. It says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. And yes, I'm reading from the King James Version. So number four is what I want to highlight. Against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. Here we go. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Now look at that. You talking about, I just gave you a whole list of God's characteristics. He knows the end. He knows the, the ending from the beginning. Okay. Let's, let's the ending from the beginning. He already knows what you're going to do, when you're going to do it, how you're going to do it, what you're going to say. He already knows. So when we make a decision to sin and to go against his will for our lives, then he is justified when he speaks to us because he's a father who sees all. It's like a, it's like a, a mother or a father or dad or parents that's telling their children, listen, don't go over here because this you're subject to experience this setback if you do X, Y, and Z. And then the child disobeys their parents' instructions and does the very thing that he that they told him or her not to do, and then they get into trouble. And then now you're expecting your parents to come and bail you out. It's the same thing with God. He sees the end. He already knows what's going to happen to you. In the moment, you feel like, oh, I can do it. I can go through it. I, I'm going to make it because it looks good. And a lot of times, the enemy is deceiving us, okay? It's either deception or your flesh, okay? Can we take can we take responsibility and put some of this stuff on ourselves and own it, okay? If you know that you're not supposed to do something and yet your flesh is telling you to do it, then you need to take responsibility, okay? And not even, don't even give the devil no glory and blame him. Just own it. And guess what? When you own it, and when you confess it to God, he can deliver you from it. But that comes with humility because now we see over in first and in, in first John one and nine, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And a lot of times we don't want to confess when we're wrong. We're so full of pride. But if you just humble yourself before God and you go before him and tell him, God, I'm so sorry. I did this and I did that. And I know I was wrong. Let me tell you something. It is the most freeing thing to be honest with God and to tell him to tr tell him the truth and to more importantly, to be honest with yourself. If you know that you're wrong 
and you did something out of disobedience that God told you not to do, and now you're paying and suffering from the consequences, then you need to humble yourself and you need to go back to God and repent and get back in relationship with him. Okay. That's what relationship is all about. God is not standing there mad at you. He's waiting for you to come back and say, listen, I'm sorry, God. I know you told me to do this and I chose to ignore you. Remember, we have a free will, right? We have free will. He's not going to make you do anything. We have a free will, okay? We can choose to obey or not obey. It's totally up to you. But when you do something wrong, don't get angry and blame it on God when he has warned you. I truly believe that before we make decisions that's going to destroy our lives, I truly believe that God is always warning us. People say, you know, when I look back, they say hindsight is 2020. When I look back, I had this funny feeling inside. Something told me not to make that left turn. Something told me we have to be in tune with the voice and with the spirit of God like never before, especially in these end times. We cannot afford to blame God for decisions and bad decisions that we're making for our own disobedience. If you make a decision not to obey God, and then there's consequences that are happening as a result of your disobedience, all you need to do is go back to God, repent and get back in the grace and under the mercy and under the shadow of his wings. And God will heal your wounds, bandage you up and love on you just as if you never left. It's like a grandmother. You know, you had those grandmothers that when nobody else wanted to talk to you or when you made a mistake, grandma was always there. She always would come and love on you and hug you and just let you know, it's okay, baby. You made a mistake, but I'm here and I love you. Well, well, God's love is even greater than grandmamas. And we know that our grandmamas love us. So I'm asking someone today, if you are angry with God, if you are upset with God for whatever reasons, you need to go to God and have a talk with him and confess and tell God, listen, God, I'm angry. I thought I was going to be married by this time. I thought when that prophet laid his hands on me that I would for sure be married by now. But I am 50 and I'm still not married. You need to go to God and confess that to him. And it's okay. It's okay. I want to read another scripture um, out of Psalm where it talks about it was good for me that I had been afflicted. And this is David um, out of the book of, I mean, yes, yeah, the book of Psalms and it's Psalm 119 and 71. All right. So let me read that. And I used to meditate on this scripture a lot. Okay. I'm going to read it from the new international version. It says it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. Okay. So that's one translation. I'm going to also read it from the King James Bible. It says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. So there's sometimes a variety of reasons why 
God will allow us to go through certain things. And most of the time it's building character. It's, it's so that we can draw nigh and get closer to him. And again, I can't list every single reason why sometimes God will allow us to go through, but I do know this is always for his glory and for our good, because God is a just and a loving father. And sometimes we have put ourselves in situations and we blame God. And then we go through and then now we're going through things that are happening in our lives. And again, we're blaming God because we want to get out of the fire when we put ourselves in the fire. But sometimes you have to ride it out with God in the fire so that when you come out on the other side, you'll come out like gold. And God is getting all of the 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 he's purging you and, and, and cleansing you. And now we live in a time where this generation, and I, when I say generation, I'm not talking about millennials. I'm talking about the generation, the world that we live in right now. People don't want to go through anything. They want everything to happen quick and fast and in a hurry. Well, you have to go through some things because it builds integrity and it builds character. And if you are someone that's called to do the work of the Lord, you have to go through some things because guess what? If you have a great calling on your life, you're going to have to go through the process because the process is what allows you to have staying power when God puts you in a position that he has called for you to be in. If he's called you to speak before the masses and God forbid, if something happens in your life and you're not able to withstand the backlash, then you're going to crumble and you're going to fall down like a, like a, like a, 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 what something that's not stabilized. I can't think of anything right now, but something that somebody can just pull the rug from under you. And then you just fall down like a deck of cards. That's not, that's not what God is calling his children to be. He's calling us to be strong because we're going to be in a time now where people don't want to hear the truth. They don't care about the truth. All they care about is their cars and their houses and what kind of clothes and, and, and just materialistic possessions. They don't care about eternity. I already told you that God operates out of eternity. All they care about is this time, this time that we're living on in this, on this earth It's just a speck in comparison to eternity. Eternity is forever. And so why would we worry about what people are going to think and say about us in this little speck of time that we're living in? It doesn't even matter in the big scheme of things. We have to do what God is calling us to do in this hour. And, And just as we have to do what God is calling us to do, We have to be humble and stay under the shadow of his wings, even when we don't like, like when things are going or not going our way for that matter. We have to be humble and we have to obey God because I promise you that even if things don't go your way, 
If you stay under the shadow of his wings and you remain humble and you remain with a repentive heart, when things don't go your way, then you can easily quote that scripture that I just said earlier, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, and you can give thanks and not have a heart that murmurs and complains. Whatever happened to you, whatever is causing you to be angry at God, take the time to humble yourself and lay before God and repent and ask him to, to, to forgive you because we don't have any justification for being mad at God. None of us. We have to repent. I think of people that have gone through so much and they have such a sweet spirit. I think about my husband's mother. She lost, she lost two of her sons. She lost a daughter. She lost her husband, yet she still had a beautiful spirit. I mean, in her last day, she lived to be 94 years old. She was still singing to Jesus, still singing songs to Jesus and praising God. And I said, wow, look at her. She has such a steadfast spirit in the things of God. Her heart was so right for God. This world that we're living in is we're here to complete our assignment. And along the way, God allows us to reap some benefits of having some things while we're on this earth, but this is not our home. And as long as you continue to see life from those views and from those lens, from the lens of God and understand that we operate out of his kingdom, then things here on this earth won't weigh you down and then you won't be upset with God because that doesn't even make sense. Now, when you think about it, it doesn't make sense to be angry with God. You understand it was when you read the whole book of Job, Job said some things to God, but then God later on in that chapter, the whole, and, and, and later on, not in the chapter, but in the book of Job, God had to get Job straight and remind him of who he was. Okay. So help, let us remember today who God is. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He doesn't have a mother nor a father because he is the creator. He is the one who creates us. He is the creator of all things, all universes. Everything exists from him. And you have to see him for who he is. He is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the one who has the final say about my life, your life, and everybody else's lives. So I want to thank you for listening to this recording. I pray that it blesses someone. I pray that you will hear my heart. And more importantly, I pray that you will hear the words of God and understand that he is merciful and he's powerful and he's graceful and he's waiting for you to come back to him. Maybe you've ever, never even known him. Well, this is a good time to get to know him. Go to him. He's a loving father. He is love. I pray that this message bless someone today. Have a blessed rest of your day. Bye-bye.